This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Look at Curry, man. Just living his best life. But for real, though, um, I went back to the old intro because I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this new intro. Maybe I should seriously ask people if they got ideas for my new intro or if they want to do a new intro instead of just putting it out there on an episode that no one will listen to. We'll see. We'll see. But for now, I'm sticking with the old intro and outro until I can get someone new to do it. So anyway, breaking news, Jamal Bienemy is transferring from Oklahoma not that many people watch Oklahoma basketball. I mean, even I somewhat watched this year. But just from the little bit I know, it looked like he was inconsistent and still trying to find his way. And from what I have heard, he's more of a defensive player, a defensive role player. And from the looks of it, the emergence of Reeves and Harmon, you look like you got your backcourt for at least another year or or so. So that doesn't really that doesn't really help his development, I don't think. Like it really doesn't help Jamal Bienemy's development to be in that type of system for another year and then possibly another freshman comes in and takes playing time away from him. I mean, uh, it's probably for the best. Who knows what else went on behind the scenes for him to leave. I did want him to stay. I did want to see what he was going to evolve into. But this is just another, it's like Cameron Mcgusty, another top 100 or borderline top 100 player that comes to OU, does okay, then leaves. Even though Cam Mcgusty was pretty good. But that Trey Young situation, I don't think that that didn't help his development either. But he, he also got hurt. But I don't know. Like, this is the second time in a row this happened. First, McGusty, then the enemy. But I think we'll be okay. Ron Kruger's a good coach, and I like Harmon. I like Reeves, and I like Manic. Like, we got a big three. We got a nice big three, even though Doolittle is leaving. I'm sure someone else will emerge, and we'll either get a transfer or we'll get a really good freshman. I haven't really looked at OU's recruiting as far as basketball. They always get somebody nice. Always. I mean, we were in the running for Cade Cunningham and um, some other guy that chose Kansas. Uh, we were we were in the running for those guys, so I like I like their chances of being fine, of being okay. I mean, they were third in the Big Twelve. Now, mind you, this was a down year for the Big Twelve as a whole because Kansas dominated. Kansas and Baylor dominated. They were so much better than everybody else. The records looked ridiculous. I mean, OU is a borderline, mediocre Big 12 team, and they were in third. That's alarming. That's alarming. So it was wide open this year 
from third on down because Kansas and Baylor was so far ahead of everybody else. That usually doesn't happen. I think the year before, you had a bunch of teams in the running for to be one of the better squads. And this year, just everybody just bowed down to two teams. I mean, you know, if you look at it from the outside, it's like, what's, what else is new? Uh, Kansas wins every year. <laughs> but I'm like, still. <laughs> Still, man, it usually is more competitive than this. And someone other than one other team is challenging Kansas for the top spot. Oh, my God. Uh, Oklahoma is last in recruiting on uh, in basketball on 24-7 sports. Now, mind you, um, the season wasn't over, and there's still time to get some recruits. And to get some transfers. But we got uh, Trey Pips from Booker T. Washington. I haven't really seen him play. He's barely top 300. But I guess he'll uh, I guess he'll replace enemy. But I don't know how good he is yet. Now, we'll find out. We will find out. Trust me. But uh, hopefully. But you just got to trust the process. You got to trust. You got to trust um, Lon Kruger's program. You got to trust in the big three that we have of Harmon, Manic, and Reeves. And how Reeves was playing at the end of the season, how clutch he was against TCU and some other teams, he ain't afraid to take the big shot. And he's going to be a senior next year? I think we'll be fine. If we get one more piece, maybe it's just Trey Pipp's kid and maybe another forward, we're good. We're good. We're going to be right in the thick of things. I don't know if we're going to beat Kansas, but we'll at least make the tournament. And you know if you're a decent team, you make the tournament, you can make a run. I've seen it happen so many times. All it takes is for you to get hot in March, and it's over. You could go very far, and then that could help your program in the future. That's all it takes. All it takes is to play good basketball Really good hot basketball for three weeks or so, and you're set. <laughs> I'm just saying. Another breaking news thing is um, no XFL. No XFL in 2021. Now, I was given, I was given the choice, right? I was given the choice by the D.C. Defenders, to get a full refund, which wouldn't have been that much. I only paid like $60 for the last three games. I was like, that's pointless. I was like, I don't want a refund at that point. I didn't pay that much. Or get credit for next year's games. And I easily took the credit. Now, if it was baseball and I paid like 700 600 bucks. Yeah, sure, I would have been like, give me all that money back. But I didn't. Only paid 60 So I'm like, you might as well just give me tickets next year because the tickets probably going to be more expensive anyway. So this actually saves me money if I already have credit for tickets in the future. But now they say the XFL ain't returning 
2021. I'm like, oh my God. We'll probably get an email from, I'll probably get an email from the DC Defenders very soon telling me they're probably going to give me a refund. And um, they're going to be optimistic that maybe they'll get the return in 2022. (laughs) I wonder um, if the DC Defenders social media page, I wonder if their social media team is going to stick around through all this. I guess best case scenario is they change their mind and come back in 2021. Or they uh, come back in 2022 better than ever. Now, I think the XFL is full of smart, ambitious people that run it. Yeah, true. But, I mean, you're dealing with TV contracts and trying to get stadiums. And we don't know the next time they're going to be able we don't know the next time they're going to be able to play in a stadium and have fans congregate. And they also got to pay all that staff and all the people who work behind the scenes. They needed the games to happen. That's where most of the income came from. It came from the television revenue and it came from the fans going to the game. And well, that's not happening. And so once you pay all those people, this is me assuming I don't know the ins and outs. Once you pay all those employees and stuff, what money do you have left to operate? See, that's what happened to the AAF. The money dried up and done. So, I don't know what's going to happen, man. Uh, The best case scenario at this point is they either change their mind and come back next year anyway. Or they come back in 2022. Other than that, it's going to be a while before they come back. Especially with this pandemic going on. See, the pandemic is just the lasting effects. It's like a freaking atomic bomb. Like, there's still, like, even when we get over it, there's still people who's going to be affected in the not-so-distant future. And that's what's gonna happen to the xfl and oh my god i can't imagine small businesses that are much smaller than the xfl like dc Frey. i think dc Frey would be fine because they got a lot of avenues to pivot in and they they got a blog for freak's sakes and they got different fun things they can do and that they're trying out so i guess businesses like that can pivot and be fine but not everyone can do that you know what I'm saying? Like, like freaking uh, Iron Age, my favorite Korean restaurant, my favorite Korean barbecue restaurant. I'm sure they're struggling because that's a type of business where you got to sit down and eat and a bunch of people in the building at once sitting down and eating. Now they got to pivot and they got to do something different. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if it's going to be around when all this is done. But I don't know. Maybe it will be because the, th- that place is packed during the weekends. Like, they make a ton of money. So I'm sure 
once all this is over, maybe they'll be back up and running normal by the end of the year. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it just sucks, man. Just sucks. I really like the XFL. I spoke on it a lot on this podcast. And I could have made a whole podcast, a whole separate podcast on the DC Defenders. It's okay. Um, like I said, best case scenario is there's a change of heart and some angel investor comes out of nowhere and we'll point and we're all playing next year and they're playing next year. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So we might as well just move on. And it just shows once again, NFL is king and any other league that challenges faces an uphill battle. Especially when most of your revenue comes solely off of ticket sales and TV revenue. It's not enough. It's not enough at all, man. Um, I, I assume that's where most of the revenue comes from. So, let's just see. The MLB in Arizona... So they talking about resuming the season in Arizona where they have a centralized location, have a training camp. I mean, all these leagues have hyper, I don't know what the word is to say it, but they pretty much talked about getting in a centralized location for a few weeks or a few months and just playing all the games, testing everybody, get limited staff and all that in one location and just ride out like that. No fans. I'm sure many leagues have talked about this, but can it happen? And they've gone to an extent to say they would not have umpires and that they would have um, computers or robots. That would be interesting. I would love to see that because people have been talking about doing that for years. So they could test it out in this new modified version of the MLB during this coronavirus. I'd love to see it because um, get to see how accurate the robots are and we get to see, do we need umpires? Like, how many umpires do we need? That could save the MLB money, save them time, and it could evolve and grow the sport. It could. This is a perfect time to test it out. But I don't know. Like, I was listening to the radio yesterday. No, it was Wednesday. Listening to the radio Wednesday, and one of the players, he played for the Twins, I believe. And he said uh, the thing about that idea of bringing everyone together in one centralized location is they might be away from their families for a while. And you really got to monitor who comes in and out of their little bubble in Arizona. That would be something to worry about. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Would they be able to get away with that? It's it's tough. Just like with all these leagues trying to restart. You don't know. As soon as someone tests positive, you got to shut it down again. You got to quarantine. And... You got to interrupt what you've already started. So the discussion is going to keep continuing. I think the best thing is, I guess the positive thing is, I heard the peak 
of coronavirus in the U.S. is this week. If that's the peak, then that means it's going to come down the slope. That means it's going to come back down the hill, which is a good thing, which is, which means there's hope and that it will calm down and then we're able to make decisions when it calms down. Everything's getting canceled. I'm I'm just over it. I'm just over it at this point. It just is what it is. Every all type of plans that I've had these next few months done. It's completely different now. I'm just living day by day now. <laughs> it's just living day by day trying to work on myself. That's pretty much what it is now. I would love to see baseball come back. I think my dream scenario of baseball returning on July 4th with Nationals Astros is looking very slim, especially since we're slow to stop this virus or contain it. I think because you need time to, you know, warm the players back up and get them back into baseball shape and to get going again. And if we're not if they're not doing that till June, July 4th is optimistic. I would that would be my dream scenario is to start the season with Astros Nationals here in DC on July 3rd. And then we have that July 4th game and then the whole world be watching that. I would love it. But it's not looking but the longer this goes on, the longer this goes on, the less likely that's going to happen and it's looking unrealistic. It's looking I don't know. The season in general is in jeopardy. But I'm positive that things will settle down, and I think by May we can make more, I guess, informed decisions, especially on football. You know, we don't make any rash decisions and quickly cancel things. You know, we can see how these things play out, and then we'll see what, what we can do. I think that's what some people should do, but some, but there are some people that just can't do it, especially financially. I just gotta wait and see. That's all. Um, the NFL All Decade Team. So the big debate is, some of them are just no brainers. Travis Kelsey, no brainer. Well, some people say not really. Um, Frank Gore. No brainer. Tom Brady, no brainer. <laughs> Richard Sherman, no brainer. Like stuff like that, yeah, obviously. But then the debate is Brady, not Brady, but Breeze versus Rodgers. That is the big debate. You have Aaron Rodgers, only two quarterbacks. You have Aaron Rodgers and not Drew Breeze. That's a tough one. I'm biased, and I, of course, I think Breeze is better. Of course, I don't. I spent the whole decade not liking Aaron Rodgers. But I guess what I noticed looking at these people's stats in another debate I looked at is Bobby Wagner versus Levante David. Levante David stats are pretty good. Um, he has more solo tackles and sacks than Bobby Wagner, but Bobby Wagner got him in every other category, especially Pro Bowls. In all pro um, appearances, he he's been all pro five times. How can you not be on a de- all decade team? And you all pro five times. That's what I noticed. 
Like the people who are on this all this list were all pros multiple times. Or at least once. I wanted Zach Ertz on this list, but he was over a thousand yards only once. Never all pro. And but he was a pro bowler the last three years. I think he's a pro bowl four times, but definitely the last three years. He's at his peak now. He's at his peak now. You know, he more so he's another person that dominated in the um the latter part of the decade, just like Fletcher Cox. But Fletcher Cox is in the all decade team, but see, he's been more consistent though. Like he had a more consistent career. And he's been all pro. So I can see why he's on there. Uh, Darren Sproles is on there. Consistency is key, and making all pros is key. Same thing with Adrian Peterson. The, the, the run he had, every time he played 16 games or close to it, he had over 1,000 yards. He didn't do that often. Well, not that often, but he didn't do that consistently in this decade, but Anytime he was healthy, he was just amazing. So you can't not put him in the all-decade team. And Honestly, if he started his NFL career earlier in the 2000s, he would have been on the 2000s decade team. He was that good. He's that good. Uh, Cam Chancellor isn't on the all-decade team, and I don't know who they have instead. Um, I don't know. Something tells me he's another person that dominated like a few years out of the decade, but was inconsistent or wasn't playing during the rest. Like, same thing with Russell Wilson. But then again, he came in the league about the same time as, about the same time as um, Fletcher Cox. And he pretty much, and he's had a better career than Fletcher Cox. But Fletcher Cox is on here. But look at his competition, though. That's the thing. You got to deal with Brady, Rodgers, Breeze. Uh, you could go as far as saying Roethlisberger. Like, and even maybe even um, maybe even Phillip Rivers. Like, that's his competition. Fletcher Cox doesn't really have as much competition for all decades. I'm looking at the safeties, Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, Eric Ruddle. Eric Ruddle, uh, yeah, I got to look at his stats. But, yeah, he's pretty good. But it's just you got to do your research. It's tough. It's tough, man. There's some debates, but some people are just no-brainers. You just got to let it go. You just got to let it go. I mean, but at least quarterback, there is a slim pickings with that there's only like four people you can either maybe five like even Roethlisberger and Rivers is a stretch the only two people that's on the really on the outside looking in is Breeze and Wilson everyone else is just a drop off (laughs) everyone else drops off tremendously so the Wizards on 2K20 has only lost two games since they canceled the season. I'm like, this isn't real. I noticed they lost to Milwaukee the first time, but then they beat them the next two times. And I'm like, really? 
like it's to the point where some of us Wizards fans are questioning what sliders they got up and what level they have it on. Because the way they've been playing all year, it just doesn't seem like they were capable of going on a run like that. It doesn't seem like they had the talent. I think it was one game. That one game, they beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Um, the second game they won against them, Bradley Bill hit like a game-winning three. It was a dagger, too. That joint was cold. Stuff like that. I'm like, we like, seriously? This team could play like that? They also beat the Lakers, the Sixers. Sure, they lost to the Pelicans, which I don't get when you beat the Bucks twice and the Lakers. But they just, they killing everybody. I need to see if they beat the Rockets. I don't think so. I didn't hear anything. But they just bodying everybody. They beat the Hawks. They only lost two games. Like, and somebody said, I think on NBC Washington, that this version of the Wizards is only two games back of the Nets for the final playoff spot. Now, I don't think they would have made the playoffs. They would have choked eventually. But was that team capable of it? I just don't think so. They, Of course, they got the talent to compete with everybody, sure. But I just don't think so, man. I just don't think so. They, they got the talent, but not enough. It, it wouldn't have been enough. And I think the Nets would have held them off. And that's fine. That's fine because Milwaukee would have turned up, even though it would have beat them twice, two out of three, to get in the playoffs pretty much. In the playoffs, I don't think we could stop Giannis. I don't think we could stop that team clicking on all cylinders. It would have been a sweep. So it's better to have the Nets on there and play with the possibility of Durant playing than to have the Wizards in there and get easily swept. Not only Durant playing, but possibly Kyrie. Now, maybe Kyrie would have been out, but it would have been cool to hypothesize. Well, I guess I should enjoy it while it lasts. Because when the season starts, I don't know how good they're going to be. They should have John Wall back, and um, they should have another lottery pick. And I don't know who it's going to be. It's not... Going to be one of them top guys. I don't know if this draft is as good as last year's. But hopefully whoever they pick can come in here. Can come in here and do their thing. And really fit in. And give us the boost we needed. With John Wall. So we we play the Rockets tonight on 2K. That's going to be a tough one. But then I said that about the Lakers. I said that about the Bucks. And we beat them, and we're three and one against them on 2K. I don't know. The 2K Wizards, pretty good, even though I'm skeptical of them. So it's only a few more games of this left, and then who knows what the Wizards are going to post on their social media. There's a lot of things they could post, but who knows? Got to keep the fans entertained somehow. Uh, also, Rui Hachimura was in the 2K player tournament, and he won his first game. He won his first game, I think, against Donovan Mitchell. And also, he came back yesterday, and he lost to 
Devin Booker. So he lost to Devin Booker. I'm like, you know, it is what it is, bro. I don't know who's really good at 2K and who's not. If from the looks of it, it seems like it's going to be Pat Beverly versus Graham Harrell. Not Graham Harrell, but uh, Montrez Harrell. You know what I noticed about the Final Four? It's Clippers versus Suns, Clippers versus Suns. It is Patrick Beverly versus Devin Booker and Montrez Harrell versus DeAndre Ayton. I feel like they one should play with the Clippers and one should play with the Suns. I feel like they both should, actually. That would be dope. But I think the, both Clippers will win. And we'll get that all Clippers finals. And I think they should run it back when the season starts and they get back in the locker room together. <laughs> uh, we'll see, man. The 2K tournament's been fun and it's been better than the Madden tournament, for sure. Especially since ain't nobody running cheese defenses <laughs> like uh, Derwin James did. It was annoying to watch now that I realize what he was doing. All right, last thing is the Ohio State Athletic Director questioned the return of college football and sports in general because he realized that if these games are unsafe for the fans, how are they safe for the players and the staff? He used football as an example how there's like 100 people. You got the players, you got the coaches, you got the training staff, you got the, all the other staff, like the equipment manager and the sideline people who hand out water bottles and stuff like that and all the other assistants. Man, you got over 100 people in that complex. And he's saying that's not really safe either. And he's like, we should practice social distancing so we can not only get football back, but we can get the students back on campus sooner. And sure, I'm like, man, challenging Ohio State football is dangerous. I think it's dangerous because that is a massive brand. They run that area. They run the state. They run, definitely run that city. Them and Nationwide definitely run Columbus. So it, it's tough. It's tough to challenge the Ohio State football season, but we got to get a hold of this pandemic. That's what he's saying, and that safety got to come first. That's what I got from that article I read about the Ohio State athletic director questioning questioning the return of sports so soon, especially college sports, that we really got to be careful and we really got to um, really think about it. Like I was saying earlier, we should let the virus play out, run its course, see how we respond to it in the coming months, and then we decide. But I know you can't wait but so long because people got to train and get ready for the season and the more you wait the less time they had to train so I I get that but I still think we should just let this thing play out especially to the end of the month if this is supposed to be the peak then at the end of the month we'll be a little bit better off and by the end of May by Memorial Day 
we'll be a lot better off. And hopefully we get to a point where Korea and China are and they um and we're shutting down temporary hospitals or um things are becoming more normal and we're starting to, you know, lift lockdowns and we're starting to open things back up. Hopefully we get back into that. I guess this is just the new normal for now. Like everyone's been saying we got to get used to a new normal. It just is what it is. This is the season of the introverts and I've been mad introverted during this time. Just trying to um just trying to recharge myself and be a better person. And just keeping to myself like I always do even more so now. Of course that's caused a little that that's caused a little anxiety, but it's just how I deal with things and it's not as much pressure to go out and do things because everything's shut down. So maybe that does help me as an introvert and I have to really tap into that and get better. You know, but ultimately, Ohio State athletic director does have a point. We do want to see college football and we do want to see NFL start on time, but we got to be careful and look at the big picture. I, I see what he means. We'll see. I say, I still say, give it some time. Just give it some time. Work on yourselves. And then hopefully we come back killing after this. So I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.